Yes, I wasn't really a massive fan of Deep Purple Reformation album, Perfect Strangers. Well, it wasn't that, actually. I'll just change my view here and say that I didn't hear it because I stopped myself listening to it. Why? I think at the time, I thought, well, you're distilling two bands I like, albeit I've moved away from Rainbow a little because they were a little too poppy for me, but I was still really into the band, and and um, I thought I thought Ian Gillan might go back to Gillan. You know, I thought, well, you know, Born Again with Black Sabbath has not been great, but maybe you'll go back to to Gillan and do something akin to magic. If you see me in my car, yeah, he does it a lot better than that, obviously, but um. I had a bit of a, a bit of a, not anger, but a bit of a concern about two bands being distilled into one. But I was aware that Perfect Strangers was an enormous, an enormous rock moment. It was massive news. You know, people burying axes and knocking each other's heads or backs. But, you know, no axes to grind now and people getting back together and all of that. And, um... The album itself, having listened to it since then, is is just great. It has a real sense of importance, and that is very important. And it's right to have that because it's a you, you couldn't have had a warmed over piece, could you? For that, you needed everything needed to be aligned, and all the stars did align because you could have come back together and released something that people went, "Oh, I'm not really sure that." It, and don't think it's it's not really as good as I thought it's not as important as I thought it would sound. it does sound important you know and the track itself sounds incredible but me that's me I came back to me I yes me myself and I I came back to Deep Purple the Reformation when um and which version was this Deep Purple 5 I think it is isn't it Anyway, I came back to them with the second album. It was almost as if I was waiting to like them and couldn't allow myself to like or revisit them because I was a bit cheesed off with the first album. You know, with the first Reform Reformation album. Yes. But as soon as House of Blue Light came out, and that's in 1987, isn't it? I think it's 87. Yeah, it is. Um... I was well into it, and I think it's been, I think it's been unfairly denigrated. It's not Perfect Strangers. It's not that album at all. It doesn't have a sense of grandeur. It doesn't. And I know that some of the band themselves have not really enjoyed it, you know, and I don't think Richie is, is quoted as saying he didn't think he played on it that well, and... Ian Gillen is quoted as saying it's it was like the recording of Who Do We Think We Are, which you know, and there wasn't a, a band feeling on the album. And I think John Lord makes the most telling comment of though of the three that I'm going to mention, which is that he thought they the band had um, updated their sound, and I can understand that. But what it does do is I think this album with you know shorter, snappier songs. 
I think it lays the ground for the recent Deep Purple albums, you know, that have been so successful and I've enjoyed so much. Really, I suppose, I suppose when, when Steve Morse joined, but um, for me, since Bananas, I mean, I think they've been great since then, to be honest, and I think the people who overlook this album or denigrate it or don't listen to it much are missing some fantastic choruses. Now, you know, Bad Attitude starts the album, and if there's a better chorus in the latter years that Deep Purple wrote, then I've yet to hear it, because it's short, it's simple, but it just stays with you like like a like a, a kiss from a lover maybe or I don't know like a a letter from the bank you can't shake it off but in a good way it, it has a snaking solo to it and it does you know it's got the big sepulchral organ to begin with it's important but it does sound really big but compared to the rest of this album not compared to Perfect Strangers, for instance. Now, The Unwritten Law, I can understand where John Lord is coming from with the updating of the sound comment, because it does have a drum machine. But then, the chorus, which is almost throwaway, it opens out suddenly, it's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful, beautiful feel. It, it, it's... It's like a sort of. It's like as if you've you're sitting in the you're you're standing in the sea and everything seems calm and you're looking around thinking nothing's happening really and suddenly you're hit by a big wave and it's just what you wanted. Wonderful, but things like hard loving woman. It's a lovely deep purple party track. It sounds like their latter stuff, which we are now saying how wonderful they are with. The, the chorus is is well done with a really fuzzy riff. It's got a kind of da 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 da. Beautiful. You know, if you, if they were doing that now, and they are, we'd be saying how good it is because times have changed, haven't they? Now, Spanish Archer, I've got problems with because I have problems in general with with some of some of Ian Gillan's work. I mean, my least favourite um, l- lyric, I think possibly my least favourite is, is an Ian Gillen lyric which is hand me that that bottle from under your poncho I want to drink till I fall on concho now that I mean really I know it's a it's a gag and I know it's fun and I know it's supposed to be funny I just don't find it so and Spanish Archer is about people getting it you know it's elbow so it's about people being thrown out or left or you know on their own I mean, that happened quite a lot in Deep Purple's history, didn't it? So, you know, maybe it's about that, but it's got a friendly basis to it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mad Dog, by the way, it's just a rushing feel with a lovely 80s synth line in it. It's beautiful. And when you've got Strange Ways, huge. This sounds a little bit like, it's got a bit of the da-da-da, It's a bit of... That perfect strangers feel. That's probably the echo of that. Is probably the wrong move, but I still can't. 
I still can't shake that this is a wonderful, wonderful track. It's got a blues narrative feel. It it's it's got that kind of faux, kind of Arabian synth line, and a bit of a bit of xylophone, a bit of vibes on there as well. Chunky synth line as well into a very keening. Please like me solo, even though Richie wouldn't. I don't think ever really concern himself with that. But it's quite a plaintive guitar solo. This works really well together, strange ways. And it's a it's the kind of it's the kind of song you could see from the motorway. Let's put it that way. It's a big event. And it stands out not like a sore thumb, but as a different kind of track from this more from this shorter, snappier album. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying that's different. You've even got that kind of burlesque feel that Deep Purple likes so much with Mitzi Dupree. It does sound like a like a, a later Deep Purple album. And, and it's funny, isn't it, the way people view bands? Because, the, I mean, I write for a couple of, well, several magazines, so I'm part of this as well. You know, when there's a general feeling that, well, this band are up and this band aren't up, and this is what we're going to say about this band, and it's reinforced by the media. And it's reinforced by Twitter now as well. Even though, well, not just Twitter, but social media, you know, Twitter and Facebook and lots of others, you know, Viber, is that one of them? WhatsApp, I suppose. But that also allows people to give their contrary view. And I wish I could see the House of Blue Light having a more contrary view. The Deep Purple Pod, by the way, wonderful. You should listen to it and follow it and all of that. I certainly do. That's never been something I've regretted. They mentioned this, and so I knew I had to go and revisit it because I do quite a lot. I listen to this album a lot. I mean, not as much as Come Taste the Band. All right, I know. Put those cudgels down. I know how you feel about that. Quite a lot of you, if you're fans. But I, that's my favourite Deep Purple album. Again, put that chainsaw down. Let's talk. And I revisit this one a lot as well. Because it has a real... Not commercial, but a real... Straight ahead feel to it. You're even going to get at the end of the album, Dead or Alive, which is a racing, rushing, deep purple enjoyment with some great synth and guitar interplay. You're even going to get that. So it's not as if you're saying, well, I really enjoy that because that's what Deep Purple does, but this album does have any of that. It does. It does. It has a lot of that. It's just that it's more, as I said, of a bass forward, straight ahead, shorter song album. That's what it feels like anyway. I don't think they updated their sound. They maybe tried to be a bit more current. For me, it really worked because it's a bit of a rush. And although those songs may be simpler, they're really, really effective. And it lays the, the groundwork for what they're doing now. And why would you dislike this album when you really like what they're doing now, eh? Hmm. Ta-ta.